Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West. Bold and Beautiful are an informal Sydney swim group for all ages and abilities who meet at Manly Life Saving Club every day and swim at 7am, seven days a week, from Manly to Shelley Beach and back. Dorset Sutton is a bold and beautiful swimmer, philanthropist, and has been a key part of Operation Crayweed, an effort to bring crayweed back to Sydney beaches. You might remember this from the last episode of the pod. Dorset and wife Jenny run the Lim Sutton Initiative, focused on marine philanthropy. I started my chat with Dorset by asking him about his experiences with Bold and Beautiful. Well, the Bold and Beautiful is a incredibly gorgeous swim group that formed about 10 or 12 years ago down at South Stain, uh, Manly. It, it started up with a couple of women that used to swim there anyway at six or seven in the mornings, swimming over to Shelley. And what happened was um, they sort of began to talk to their friends, us and become down and one thing led to another and you you found out very quickly that there's a bunch of people that really do love ocean swimming, uh, even if they haven't done it before. Um, if there's something about it which is um, serene, it's therapeutic, it's, it's physical, it's um, uh, and then there was a camaraderie built around it of people with a common interest. And um, it grew almost exponentially. I think there's an incredible number, like almost 20,000 people have logged on or logged in for a swim there. Wow. Because, you know, as with technology these days, you know, you have a blog and you have a, uh, whatever it is, when people sign, when people join for no cost, you just provide an email address and provide some details to the, uh, central admin thing or whatever and, and thereafter when you swim you can log your swim as a one and a half k swim a three k swim uh, if you go down to Queensland and back that's a you know three and a half k swim and um, so there's a little bit of sort of sub-organisation around it a couple of die-hard um, captains if you like who keep an eye on things and safety and uh, uh so on. everyone swims at their, their own risk. There's, um, you know, you've got to abide by the guidance of the uh, surf club down there at Manly. And um, there's no um, liability on behalf of the world and beautiful for swimmers. Everyone swims at their own risk and you're given a safety form when you join so you know uh, what the suggested best way to negotiate, navigate the swim so it's safe for everybody. But it's 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 just been a lovely growing um, activity that people with common interests uh, share. And the lovely thing or amazing thing about it is people come from all over Sydney to do it. it you don't just have to live in Manly or DUI or uh, Osman or wherever. That People are coming from a long, long way away because they, they're looking for something where they can get some physical activity, meet some nice people, make for coffee afterwards. You know, it's um, everyone's accepted black, white, fat, thin, <laughs> age, doesn't matter. 
How long have you been doing it? Have you been there from the start? I've, yeah, I've been doing it for... I started in 2011, um, whenever that was, so that's nine years ago. Um, I've wrapped up just under 3,000 Ks, you know, which is... Um, it's pretty hefty. Putting it into the system, logging it, and it's on your phone every day if you want to look at it. And, uh, yeah, um, and we have... Uh, there's one dozen in groups. You can earn a badge if you've done a certain amount of kilometres, and if you can earn, if you can swim in the winter without a wetsuit, you can uh, qualify for a winter badge. And you know, it's there's just a few little things which are motivating to people to keep it working. Once a month, pre Canova, we meet in Manly for a, a dinner where we bring along a, a speaker and. When I say dinner, just a pretty easy supper sort of a thing, and um, get a, bring along a guest speaker and talk on ocean or sharks or doesn't matter what the subject or was, whatever. motivation, yeah. how to keep fit at sixty five, and you know stuff like that. So it's been a um, actually a pretty beautiful safe haven for people who might have just retired, people who might have just been divorced, people who might have just lost their job, people who've come back from overseas, like my wife and I, we've been living around the world for 20, 30 years, and we came back and um, uh, were looking for a community activity, you know, and this, this really presented itself as a um, a fantastic way to, in our area, because we, we live in Miami, to um, meet people and um, kind of, you know, in the case of being retired, get down to a another dimension and keeps your mind busy, your body busy, um, engaging with people with more walks of life. Yeah, yeah. It's been a really um, holistically satisfying and, and, and growth experience in my life, if I can put it that way. Wow. So how often do you go? Do you go every day? Yeah, every day. Every day, wow. And since, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've got, grandchildren and daughter living overseas so you know if we're traveling we i can't do it but um unfortunately now we can't travel so um, no, that's right no excuse for not getting up at six thirty in the morning and getting down there and um uh and doing it um and it's uh it's it's just a very uh very very experiential therapeutic experience yeah do, do you swim in a wetsuit during winter or do you tough it out just in speedos well, uh, for good question, Mark. For eight years, I I, I just toughed it out, and um, it, the water does get in the peak of winter. You know, it, it gets cold down to fifteen and a half. That's that's pretty cold. Um, but this year, I don't know whether it's me getting older or my body's changing, or I'm finding that it's a bit hard to do that. So I do have a, a wetsuit now. This year, for the first time, everyone's just saying, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" You know, <laughs> I'm saying, "Well, look, I'm sorry, I, uh, my body's telling me it's too cold for 45 minutes." Have you had a chat with Ziggy? I have. I have had a chat with Ziggy. Yeah, he was um, lovely. Right. Okay. He was the fellow, or he was one of a team of people that approached me X amount of years ago and three or four years ago to sort of see whether we were interested in working with them to help 
support them regenerate crayweed grass in cabbage tree bay, which is um, in that area where we all swim to swim. We swim to Shelley every day. And swimmers have a great interest in preserving the beauty in the, in the um, you know, of, of the uh, marine park there because it's World Heritage Top 10 Cabbage Tree Bay uh, Marine Park. And the effort by Sims to regenerate marine life by planting crayweed, my wife and I sort of really thought that was a fantastic thing to do. And we've become the sole sponsor of, of that whole initiative um, with Sims. And, you know, they do the work. Uh, that we've been partnering with them and um, we've now got quite a good early stage regeneration of crayweed going on there which will bring back into the bay eventually um, lobsters and uh, crayfish and uh, other abalones and uh, other marine life because crayweed is their natural fodder, natural um, habitat. That's such a good initiative. So SIMS is the, the Sydney Institute of Marine Science. And so how does Bold and the Beautiful get involved? Are you are you getting the diving gear on and going and planting the, well, the, the crabies yourself? It's, that's a good question because in order to get the project approved by the old Manly Council, which is now Northern Beaches Council, in order to get it approved, um, SIMS had to engage with community constituencies, if you like. And since I was in the swim group and I've got an interest in the project from as from a philanthropic support point of view, I kind of took on the role of getting many facets of the community involved with the project, which included the bold and beautiful swimmers, because we swim over it every day. It included the um, Friends of Cabbage Tree Bay, which are the residents of that area that also keep a watchful eye on boats that get out of hand and all that sort of thing. The Manly Community Forum, which is one of those sort of precinct groups where they also take an interest in what's going on around the marine area and so on. And schools and various other community groups and because I was so active with the swimmers when time came to plant the crayweed I was able to get 30 or 40 bold and beautiful swimmers to act as volunteers to help Sims plant the crayweed grass in Cabbage Tree Bay if that makes sense and um, those who had um, who could snorkel and hold their breath and go down, you know, could help. Uh, in fact, if you were a, if you were a, um, a scuba diver, you could, you know, you could, you could assist. But mostly we had people who were helping uh, transport the, the crayweed from A to B and help the divers put it on and off the boat. And but they, you know, the volunteers uh, all helped tremendously and we, we got the job done in, two days you know oh that's amazing so it, it's great you were talking about the the bold and the beautiful in this community of all different people and tradies and whatnot 
what a, what a great community to come yeah. and uh, to to pitch this at. You would probably easily find divers and boat drivers and all sorts of people. I live in Manly. I walk Manly every day. I swim Manly every day. You bump into locals, just doing what you do, and people say, "I oh, didn't I see you, you know, doing something with the divers." And when we had a Manly Daily newspaper, which used to come out three times a week, and now has been taken off the market, so to speak, because of the um, you know, no longer viable to run a local mm. uh, magazine, a local paper, I should say. But we used to have a lot of articles in the Manly Daily, and they'd have photographs of us swimming over the crayweed and planting it. And but there's a good deal of um, knowledge in the community now. And maybe one fact that I, I could share with you is um, I was able to. Um, uh, with my connection with the state member for Manly, the state liberal fellow, the fellow that plus Mike Baird, he, um, we got a grant from the New South Wales government of $200,000. We won a competition actually for one of being the best local initiative project in 2019 going on in the area in Manly. And Sims, therefore, you know, uh, were over the moon with excitement, you know, because it's not easy to get grants from the government, mm. um, and they get very, they get very little for their work. You know, they've got to generate it through universities and and philanthropists. Essentially, they get very little from the government. Anyway, we got we won an award last year for two hundred thousand dollars, and uh, as part of that responsibility, we need to take education and outreach programs to the community about why crayweed is important and what role it plays in marine life regeneration and why um, Shri Bay was chosen and what what's happening and what will, what will eventually happen when it reproduces more and more and more. And so we've put together videos and school education programs to make the activity that we're undertaking sustainable, in other words, not just a one-off, and to make it provide a tool for for primary schools and public schools and what have you, for the children to, um, school kids to understand environmental care, ocean care. Um, and we've had a fantastic response to that because parents or in this area, very conscious of keeping the ocean clean. And they think if there's an opportunity for their children to be involved in programs where they can follow up and learn about these things, you know, you get the whole family behind it. And it's, um, so we've, we've actually come a long way since Sims first approached me and my wife Jenny three or three and a half years ago and said, you know, would you, you know, would you be able to help, or would you like to help? And, you know, we we made a decision that we, we we did, and you know, now four years on, I feel it was a fantastic decision. Well, and, and Mike Baird and his father Bruce Baird are fairly famous ocean swimmers, really. So, how did they find you in the first place? I'm sorry if you mentioned it before, but how did they find you in the first place? That's an interesting question. The woman who approached me originally, I think, might have gotten my name from making, of all things, a small donation in lieu of flowers to a friend 
memorial service and his family had asked for, in lieu of flowers, would you please make a, a donation to Sydney University Cancer Fund or some such thing, right? And I think since SINS has got connections or they're affiliated with both Sydney University and New South Wales University, I think the database might have thrown up our names and, and where we live and they literally just cold call you um, and we met for a coffee, uh, you know, and um, I didn't think I didn't think um, too much of it at the time because I'd never, I'm not a marine scientist, I'm not a, I'm a marketing guy, uh, you know, I spent all my career working with a, one company all around the world, Cogger, come off. Um, anyway, um, that, once we met, I, I actually felt that the Sims people were outstanding people, and not, not just tapping you on the shoulder asking for money, um, but rather professionals in their own right in terms of what they're doing, why they do it, how they do it, and being able to engage someone like Jenny and I um, and treat us as partners as opposed to philanthropists sitting on a pedestal and just tap on your shoulder once a year, if you know what I mean. We've, we've, been, we've been invited to forums and um, uh, you know, um, Ocean Day events and you know, we've, they include us in their um, Sims events down at their headquarters at Charter Bay in, in, in Sydney, in Harbour there. Um, so it's become a, a partnership more than just a relationship or just a transaction. And as a result, we've not only done the Crayweed Grass in Cabbage Tree Bay, but we've, we've put up living seawalls along the harbour um, that's another way of creating habitats for marine life regeneration. Um, so it's spiraled into a, um, uh, how do I describe it? You know, a part of my retirement life, which is very passionate, very purposeful, very rewarding. And that's what I always say if anyone wants to ask if you can have philanthropy with passion and purpose, um, it's actually a really rewarding experience. Wow, that's that's a really good story actually. So where you mentioned you mentioned a couple of things there. So where where do you think um some of the philanthropy uh, might go into the future with the marine science? Well we've we've just concluded what we call chapter one. Um not that we ever thought that we'd get past chapter one or whatever, but chapter one was sort of getting crayweed grass successfully replanted into Cabbage Tree Bay, and that's ongoing now. It's happening. It's it's it's, it's successful. We're getting what they call cray babies uh, jumping and re-sprouting, and over time we're going to get a nice forest of crayweed in, 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 in that area. Um, and that also part of chapter one was... Um, working with Sims to create living seawalls, which are these beautiful tiles that you you, you uh, bolt on to the old rickety seawalls that you find around Sydney, Foreshore Harbour. And 
it creates instantly a habitat for organisms and oysters and seahorses and all sorts of marine life to come in with the tide and then they, they sit in, they, they habitat and reproduce and do all that stuff. So it's a protection of the sea world in the harbour. So that all fell into Chapter 1, Mark. Uh, we've just concluded Chapter 1 and we've actually just made a commitment in the last week or three to um, roll into Chapter 2, which is another three-year uh, philanthropy, whatever the word is, philanthropic supporting for the next three years. And we've identified projects related to those two and some new projects to um, keep it all going and sustainable because... I think what we have experienced, my wife Jenny and I, is that when you donate or invest quite heavily and support a social initiative like this and you see results quite quickly, there's a very tangible and experiential reward associated with you've made a commitment, you've given them some generous funds and you're seeing reproduction of marine life in the harbour and, and and all the good stuff. Uh, when you donate to liver cancer research and all those things, I mean, you're doing absolutely the best thing you can. You're giving to the best hospitals or institutes or universities for cancer research, but you don't necessarily... Um, you might well be involved with people who are suffering, but you don't necessarily see the outcome of that research. Uh, and by that I don't mean that there isn't an outcome from that research, but you don't necessarily experience it. Um, with a project like this, where we're essentially the sole investor supporters for these projects, um, these two projects so far, and and you see the results, it's it's a, it's a big win-win, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. It's great. And I, and I don't imagine you thought that you would see results so quickly. No, I, I didn't. Um, and if, there, if we were going to see results, I wasn't sure what the results what would, would they be. be you know yeah. what I mean? Because um, as I said, I'm not a marine scientist. But when you work with these people, and I go out on the boat with them, and um, uh, I don't, I'm not a particularly good snorkeler holding my breath going down for 30 seconds or a minute. But I, I you know, watch what they do. And then uh, what I should have told you was our swimmers who swim over this stuff every day, there's one or two of the women down there who are avid picture takers. They've got underwater like mobile phones or whatever they are that they, you know, they go down and they take pictures of us. And I provide, they shoot the photos to me, I shoot them over to Sims. And Sims, if you've got a ready-made laboratory of people who are willing to help do the work, so they can see how the crayweed is doing from time to time. And if we've had a really bad storm and they might have got knocked around a bit or if there's, if there's been a, uh, some herbivores coming in, that's little fish that might come in and, and feed on this stuff. And I should tell you, Mark, that um, crayweed grass is the wagyu beef of seaweed. <laughs> have you tried some yourself? That I mean, it, 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 can't, it can't get any better. If you're going out to have a really good stay, you know that you'd order a Wagyu beef at $100 a plate and you can't get much better than that, right? Well, this greyweed grass is the same to the sea world. So when little fish come along and 
all of a sudden in their regular area where they're swimming, they get presented with this crayweed grass. They think all of their Christmases at once and, and they nibble on the on the, uh, on the crayweed. So, you know, we're able to provide that sort of feedback um, by virtue of being um, involved. So you get all these other little rewards coming out of what I didn't expect to see in, in, the, in, in the first place. And it's had a very um, motivating impact on me. And I I can see the results of it. I, I You know, I, I can work. I know the CEO of Sims because it's a small enough organization. You can get to know the people. And if you're going to help them out, you know, it's lovely if you can work with the top of the house as well as the divers. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. And, you, and you'll be able to see all your efforts as you swim over the top of them. So, you know, you're going to get the fish coming back and yeah. then all the associated you know, crab life or, or yeah, whatever else comes back. Exactly. No, that's right. Crab life and um, abalones and eventually cray, crayfish. You know, lots of will come in. And um, they were there originally before man and boats and pollution and storms and anchors and spear guns all interfered with it over a period of time. And what we're doing now is sort of going back to put it together the way it originally uh, the way it originally was. Because uh, one of the bays there is already a marine reserve, isn't it? Yeah, no, the Cabbage Tree Bay, which is the area I'm talking about, Cabbage Tree Bay is the area between South Stain and Shirley Beach. Have you been down there or not? I have, I have, yeah. The bay is referred to as Cabbage Tree Bay, and that is, in fact a World Heritage Top 10 Marine Park because 20 years ago, the Department of Primary Industry, state government, friends of Cabbage Tree Bay were able to get some rules and regulations installed which prevented boats from doing what they were doing prior to that and divers and stormwater pollution and other other, um, sewer which was getting was pumped much further out to sea. And so all of that cleaned up cabbage today. And it, it's such a beautiful habitat. You know, we've got blue grope in there. We've got any variety of, uh, you know, docile sharks, you know, Port Jacksons, um, Wobby Gongs, uh, other, there's grey nurses down there. Blue grope are everywhere. There's about 368 different varieties of identified marine life down there, just in a area bigger than the size of two or three football fields, you know. That's fantastic, and you get to swim over them every day. Yeah, exactly. This is this is why I say, you know, you've, you know, I'd love to meet you one day, one day down there if you care to just have a swim and just sort of, you know, when the water's a bit warmer and maybe in the spring or summer, and you know, you can see what what we see every day and you know many swimmers will stop halfway because they've just seen something they hadn't seen before and you know, you know we usually wave our hands and say over here and there might be a turtle or a cuttlefish like what they call a giant cuttlefish great big orange looking creature that you know you just this is what's there yeah i'd love to come it's, down um, i love to just do. just amazing yeah no yeah, no, we can arrange that. Because, uh, well, I've swum over. Nice to do it on a, on a sunny day so you can, you can see, you know, when they've got good visibility. Oh, that's right. I've, I've 
done the the cold classic swim a couple of times and so I've swum around there but I've never sort of taken my time and and taken a look and I think that would be really lovely I'd love to meet you and, and do it that way because you can then see firsthand what what people do and how they do it and um, it's it's all because of this Canova thing um, Volden Beautiful's had to break break itself up a bit if you know what I mean because Originally, for all the years it's been going, we'd all there'd be a six o'clock group, a six thirty group, a seven o'clock group swimming over to Shelley and back. Um, but now with social distancing and rule, you know, we've we've all agreed amongst ourselves and the, the management of the group, uh, the Bold and Beautiful, sort of said, look, you can log your swim any time during the day. We'd much prefer you to not all go in at seven o'clock because people are uncomfortable with that, particularly the congregating after which you can't have everybody trying themselves on top of each other. And so right now it's sort of spread out over at least half the day. You see people going at 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Well, that's not so Just bad. Just because it was, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's not. And on a Sunday day, 10.30, it's, it's lovely. You get great visibility. You can come out and have a shower and a coffee and you're not, everyone's not on top of each other's lots of people there but so um that would be a very good way to get a good feel for the culture that's down there you know because people enjoy the swim they enjoy what they see they enjoy the fact that every single day you're in the water there's a different set of conditions and you know and sometimes it's bumpy and sometimes it's crystal clear smooth um and then, you know, as I said, you see this incredible variety of marine life. Yeah, it sounds it sounds beautiful. And that's what, you know that's where the affinity between Bold and Beautiful and Sims has come, because Sims is interested in marine regeneration, and Preweed's the catalyst to do that. And the swimmers see that as a a way of um, making a sanctuary, you know, a place where we can get regeneration. And it's, you know, it's good for nature. It's good for the environment. It's good for um, uh, everybody. And so you've got a really strong community um, willing to work with the scientists and to help them. So it's um, they've gotten through myself and the bold and beautiful um, uh, a terrific um, network of people that really want to help them be successful. The community sounds great because everybody sounds like they care, you know, whether it's the, the nerdy scientists who, yep. you know, they don't get paid much money. They, they're just, they're in it to, because they care. And then there's the volunteers from the Bold and the yep. Beautiful and whatnot. Everybody really cares about it, which which means it must be such a great thing to be involved yep. with. Yeah. No, it is. It's, it is. I would say care is the um, absolute best word you could choose because everybody does care down there. and. If we swim in the water, we see a bit of plastic, you know, people, you know, will pick it up or dive down to the sand and pop it in their tops and, you know, um, so everyone's caring for the fact that, um, you know, you've got to look after these sort of, when you, when you see it in its pristine beauty, you, you would say to yourself, I would, you never want to let it deteriorate again and certainly not by man-made efforts, you know.
I like about the Bolton Beautiful, well, um, you know, it, it, it's a community of interest. There's a lot of very uh, passionate people there that, um, you know, care for the ocean and uh, what we all need to do to be responsible to look after it. Um, I like the camaraderie down there. There's no barriers between people. There are no um, subsets of people that, you know, ignore you or whatever. You know, if you want to chat to somebody, you can just go over and um, say, hi, my name's Dorset, and I was just, you know, wondering, you know, what did you want to talk about, you know? And um, So that's a, a great acceptance of all people of all backgrounds. Uh, you, know, you know there are people down there that have been through tough experiences, be it job loss or partner loss. And the, com- the community down there is sort of like one big, you know, um, bunch of people that all want to help each other. And uh, I think that's probably the um, primary thing that I, I enjoy about it. And on top of that, I've met some really good friends, people I've got lots in common with. And, um, you know, we hop on the ferry and go and do things together and, you know, go to exhibitions or museums or movies or, you know, you know when you're my age, um, you you're looking for that because my life was all different before I had 35 years working for an incredible company all around the world in a corporate life, a corporate world. And that's quite different from when you retire and you're um, looking for something to do that's different from that. And Bold and Beautiful for me has been a fantastic way of meeting lovely people who've got a common interest, common passion. And, um, uh, probably didn't mention earlier, which I should have. There's an incredible blog we've all got when you join it. And I'm not big on high tech, but it essentially just means you can, we follow the news every day. There's a blog written every single day of the year, which you might get on your iPhone at about midday. And it just explains that there was 200 people down there this morning. The water temperature was 18.3. And there'll be about 50 photographs of people going in the water, coming out of the water, uh, you know, what we saw, what they saw when they were in the water, you know, big surf, dolphins, uh, doesn't matter. So you've got this incredible mechanism and means of keeping people engaged. And uh, and there's a picture and a name, so you can very quickly say, oh, that's Jenny that was, um, saw a blue rope yesterday, and you see Jenny standing over there having a coffee, you go over and say, g'day, Jenny, how you doing? God, that was an incredible quote you saw yesterday. I'm I'm sort of embellishing a bit, but that's how it works. So what do you think's uh, next? What what's sort of ne- next for you, or next for Bold and the Beautiful, or or next in the the philanthropic uh, endeavours? Our personal personal commitment to Seamus for the next three years is to expand crayweed crayweed planting and sea walls, and 
enabling sims to expand the area where we where we plant it. So it may go further down, further up, or further up the New South Wales coast, um, and northern beaches, I suppose, initially. Um, and with the harbour and the seawall project, they're already looking at some new um, technology, for want of a better word, so you could more rapidly expand the application of seawalls around uh, around the harbour, so that you bring back. Um, more and more sea uh, regeneration. And I even had to work with the fishermen, not the Department of Fisheries and also the recreational um, fishermen to get their support for what we're doing. Because if you bring back more marine life and uh, regeneration into the harbour, it's good for recreational fishers as well. Yep, yep. And so they were very supportive of it. And um, yeah, so... Uh, under the new CEO, it's just been appointed at Sims. We're going to meet next week, and there's um, quite a interesting list of another half a dozen projects which we're going to be 100% supporting them on. Oh, fantastic! So this is going to just keep going. Yeah, it's getting out to be um, a fantastic experience. And I'm going to be fair with you something else, but Sims have been absolutely fantastic. We've they, and now I'm. I've become quite passionate about this and um, along the way we've put together memorabilia books and uh, mementos of of what we've done over the last three years. And so we've got around our house, scattered around our house, some beautiful pieces of art that they've very, very generously given to Jenny and I in recognition of what we're doing and supporting uh, them. So um, right around my home as I'm sitting here looking, talking to you, I can see lovely pieces of um, real crayry grass, living seawalls. We've had some of the tiles put around our courtyard. And so it's a very um, uh, living and breathing experiential relationship in terms of what we're doing in the reason I like to have these sort of things is that when my friends, our friends come around to the house and they know what I did for the, my prior years and all of a sudden they find me engaged with marine scientists and stuff, they can actually see why I'm doing it, how we're doing it, and it's not just um, talking mumbo-jumbo to someone. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, I really like it, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You know, if someone says to you, what are you doing? You say, well, I'm working with the Sydney Institute of Marine Science in Marine Science Regeneration, they they think I lost my marbles. You know, when you show them, you know, lovely photo books you put together and um, the people that you've met, you know, one night we had a seafood night here and the divers came around and brought some lobster and the crawl that they caught when they were diving. We had a beautiful seafood barbecue here and you know, it's. I think it's those sort of memories which make the, uh, the partnership uh, truly um, purposeful and adds a, um, a special meaning. And, and, and that's where I get my passion from. When you help people and you see they appreciate it, and, and you, you're achieving a good cause and you're having fun at the same time, uh, that's a home run. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. I don't undersell your own role in this. I mean, you've been very generous uh, to get this off the ground, which is great. 
I think the other thing that came into it was at the start, uh, I think we realised there's three ways to go here. You can say thanks, but no thanks. You could give a little and feel like you're doing something, um, which really they wouldn't make much difference. Or you can own it, um, go big, um, step up, make it purposeful, um, find the passion, and 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 you know, um, and we just decided that we'd if we're going to do it, let's go in and make a difference. And I think that's where the um, good feelings come from when you've helped someone in a big way and they appreciate it and you you know you're getting good results. What I've learned is there's a very there's a new emerging group of investors around the world who want or companies that want to have their company name associated with an environmental project as a means of showing that they're a corporately responsible entity and not just um, trying to make a buck for their shareholders. And ocean care is one of the areas where people like uh, Andrew Forrest, who's the head of Australia's large, second largest company, Pilbara, you know, he has a he and his wife have a foundation. There are four pillars to their foundation, and one of those pillars is ocean care. So I'm already talking to somebody who's talking to him to see whether he we couldn't bring him into some projects that we have in mind down here for, you know, um, in marine environmental development. So I do think there is, there is a strong interest out there and it, it, you've got to find a way to tap, to tap into it and um, capture, catch the, uh, the heart of someone who says, yes, I, I can see there's an opportunity there and we could bring investors in. I, I can help a little bit in that respect because I had to have a corporate background and sort of been through a lot of all that. You know, it's interesting, when I, Jenny and I went over there for a holiday about 18 months ago, absolutely adored Margaret River and the Rot Nest and the Perth and the coastline and down down there. And um, it's not surprising that he, Andrew Forrest, is interested in ocean care because they do a better job in Western Australia than we do in Eastern Australia, looking after their coastline. And um, there's cray weed everywhere there, and you know so on and so on. So he's already into it, and he, you know, he he um, he could see he he sees the need to keep plastic out of the ocean and things like that. And so we're going to work on that kind of connection and association. Um, I'd love to be part of that because I'd love to meet him. I'd love to share with him the passion I have for this. And you know, you sort of got to get. Um, I think when you march, when you march down this this direction, you've got to find someone who's got the same level of passion as you have, or more more likely, I've got to find someone else who's got my 
you know, my level of passion and uh, and then see how you can't put good minds together uh, with good um, with good focus and say, well, how, how do we turn an idea into a sustainable project uh, as opposed to just a, a one-off? And with sustainability, you get corporate interest because you can develop um, both the commercial side of a project as well as the environmental side. If I make it up, if we wanted to create, for example, a, a global centre of ocean, a, a global ocean centre of excellence in Manly, if that was what we wanted to do, we'd need Twiggy Forest to be a, a big, big believer in why that's a good idea. And I'd have Simmons involved, I'd have, you know, education, you've got research, you've got commerce, you've got, um, uh, you know, all sort of university involvement and scientific research and stuff. And um, could be, could be really, um, and on top of that, you're in the, you know, you're in the most pristine harbour, ocean uh, area in the world uh, that's only separated by 300 metres of land between Sydney Harbour and the ocean. Yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> you know, so that's my big dream, actually, to build a pool or something like that. What we're doing at the moment is small steps. You, know, you never know where, if you can meet the right person under the right circumstances and you had to put a few good minds together, sometimes you can get beyond um, local barriers and think you can you know, make it happen. Thank you very much for Dorset Sutton for taking so much time to talk to us about Bold and Beautiful Swim Club, Operation Crayweed and Marine Philanthropy. If you'd like any more information on anything that you heard today, please get over to the website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. Thanks again. My name is Mark West. I'll catch you next time on The Pod.